0: We are well aware that there is not enough college football talk on TV nowadays. It's too much NFL. So for those wanting more college football talk, make You Thought Sports your chosen podcast on Sunday evenings slash Monday mornings, where you're home for guaranteed Notre Dame football talk and Pac-12 talk when it comes back. I'm guaranteeing that we'll have a Pac-12 talk when it comes back. Uh it, no it actually Coast bias here. The West Coast, West Coast bias. It actually <laughs> feels like college football is happening, Lucas, with the Big Ten returning. You know, the crisp fall air has started to roll in. The only thing that's missing is those 11 p.m. Eastern Pac-12 games. Uh, this week is heavily Midwestern-themed. Up ahead, Lucas will tell you why Penn State is declining. We will discuss if Alabama quarterback Mac Jones is the next Joe Burrow. But we will also start with Notre Dame football. Notre Dame beat Pitt 45-3 to yesterday, showing why they are ranked in the top three. Notre Dame haters will still not con- be, will still not be <laughs> convinced. Uh, I'm actually joined by a Notre Dame skeptic, uh, also a Notre Dame fan, Lucas. What did Notre Dame do well in this game?
1: Well, I like my branding as a skeptic and a fan <laughs> because I think both of those things are true. Yeah. Um, but I mean, they were pretty impressive in all three phases of the game, but there are two I really, really like to highlight that I think they did exceedingly well in. First, mm-hmm. I think the passing game was maybe the best it's been all year. Um, Ian Book was good, if not super efficient, at 16 and 30, but or 16 for 30 passing, but 312 yards, three touchdowns, no picks is you know a good all-around game if you mm-hmm. like take away the, the incompletions. The receivers look good, losing Lindsey hurts, but Michael Mayer at tight end, um, and Javon McKinley have come into their own nicely, I feel like, in the last few weeks. And Ben Skornik, whose name yeah. I will still have trouble pronouncing, yeah. uh, he he, did, he played well yesterday. He uh, had two long touchdown catches. So losing Lindsey Hurts, losing that speed will hurt against Clemson. But I'm more encouraged at the passing game this week, especially because like the running game wasn't its like top five in the nation best this week. So really impressed by the passing game. And second was the defense, who I also think arguably played their best game all season. They were markedly better than Florida State a few weeks ago. And not only did they allow only three points, but they also had three interceptions, which isn't something they've really done this year, forced a lot of turnovers. They had many points allowed as interceptions. So, while the team played well all around, despite maybe some hiccups in the running game. Passing game, defense, two things that impressed me most.
0: Yeah, I I pretty much have to agree. The defensive game plan was great. We were every time they tried to run a bubble screen, we were completely on top of it. Um like you said, if our defense creates turnovers, are we go from great to elite. We're already 6th in the nation in scoring defense and four teams in front of us have only played one game. So I mean, we're basically we're basically second in the nation, I, I would say. I think uh yeah, with the passing game, like you you just don't win championships nowadays with a with a good rushing attack. You need to be able to score quickly on offense. With that being said, yeah, like you said, Book was still missing some really easy throws, especially running back checkdowns, which was super... It's just so frustrating how often it happens. And sometimes he holds the ball too long when he throws it over the middle, and like that will work against Pitt, but is it going to work against Clemson? And Brian Kelly said, like we're looking ahead. We're trying to play at the level to beat Clemson right now. So And against good teams, ball placement is key. So that's one thing I'm definitely worried about is... is if Ian Book is going to make that next step to be able to beat Clemson. Because, it's, it's yeah. a, like I said, a, I think a week ago, our offense is always what holds us back.
1: Yeah, no, and I'm I'm very worried about that as well. I thought it was, like, very honest of Brian Kelly to say, like, yeah, we're looking ahead, essentially. Like, yeah. I hope it doesn't, like, end poorly with, like, the Georgia Tech game or whatever, where, you know, they're looking ahead too much to Clemson and yeah. then, like, somehow lose against a bad team. But, yeah, and it's frustrating, too, because it feels like another, like, not to hate on Brian Kelly because again he's a very good coach, but another like classic like quarterback not developing under Brian Kelly it, like
0: it's a thing. I'm, uh, yeah, it, it is. is. It, <laughs> like
1: like he doesn't seem to be any like he's still he's always been a good quarterback since he came in in 2018. Mm-hmm. But he, like if you're a good quarterback with two more years of eligibility left on a team that goes to the playoffs, like you should develop and get better and not yeah. hold on to the ball and not miss easy throws. And like it's just frustrating because like. I just feel like they can't contend for a title. My pessimism coming out just because like <laughs> like he's not a Trevor Lawrence or not a Justin Fields right. or like something right. like that. And having a passing game is what wins in college football now, essentially. No matter how good like the line or Kyron Williams in their running game is.
0: Exactly. I mean like look at Alabama. They're they're the like one of the best offenses in the nation now. They used to be like the big defense team and they would run and now they're they're like the best one of the best passing offenses in the nation. Yeah. I in terms of our passing offense, I don't know if Obviously, some of it is on book missing open receivers, but also it seems like receivers aren't open that often. I I don't know if that's like athleticism on our receivers part or if it's play calling. I haven't really been able to check, but our receivers doing well has basically been like Ben Skoronek, like just making a great jump ball play or something like that. Yeah, rather than being wide open. So I don't know if it's. If it's play calling, I I mean, I was skeptical. I'm skeptical of Tom Reese Still, I really liked when Chip I Long. I, was, I thought we were pretty good when when uh, was it Chip Long was calling the offense. I thought yeah, we were actually pretty I good. So too. But well, I don't know. We'll see.
1: We'll see. No, and the the receiver core is also super inexperienced too. Like basically, none of the guys coming in have any like real game experience, which mm-hmm. I think hurts as well. You're seeing that's like another reason why like they don't seem to be open a lot in the passing game. Isn't developing just because they're like so inexperienced at this point. Yeah. Yeah
0: um another thing on defense i know i know we just had three turnovers so that's like a big talking point but i was Mm -hmm. i texted you during the game lucas that it seemed if our dbs would play the ball instead of the Mm -hmm. receiver more often we would have so many more takeaways oh i agree (laughs) they're in the right position which is a good thing but if they were playing the ball and looking at the ball like first drive they they we had a guy double covered um and the the corner was kind of beat but the safety came over and hit the guy instead of going for the ball he could he probably could have had a pick on that play It's just those kind of things, I think, where if we get those takeaways, we have a very good shot at beating Clemson. If we have three turnovers in a game, you know, then it's very hard for any team to win if you turn the ball over three times. So that would be pretty impressive.
1: No, I would think so too. And, I mean, that's what they're essentially going to have to do to beat Clemson at this point because I just Mm -hmm. think, like, player for player, if they just get into, like, a back-and-forth, like, sort of, like, shootout slugfest with Clemson, like, that's just a game they're going to lose because they're less experienced. They're probably a little less talented, and I just think that, like, they'd have to have some things go their way on defense, and that's probably just forcing, like, two or three turnovers, and, like, giving themselves more shots to score. So I think, like, yeah. if they're going to be Clemson, the defense has to play like it is, to, like it did yesterday. That being said, you know, it's easier to do that against Pitt than it is against Clemson. Like, three and four Pitt versus, like, yeah, exactly <laughs> one of the greatest teams in college football history, maybe. Yeah. So. yeah.
0: Another thing, too. This is the last thing I'll add. Uh, is that okay. the ACC? The ACC is such a boring conference. I hate that we're playing oh, it's the so ACC. Bad, yeah. We have yeah. like our schedule was so interesting pre-COVID. Like we had Wisconsin uh-huh. on you know, on it, and mm. like it was super interesting and now it's like it's so boring like Clemson we're talking about Clemson every week because that's like the only interesting game in our schedule mm-hmm. North yeah, Carolina like, maybe but that's it you know I, I don't know
1: I, we've said on the normal podcast on this podcast North Carolina is definitely way overrated yeah like they're not they've won like three games at the beginning of the year and they're, yeah they're not that good so yeah no I think the ACC is boring too I remember yeah, so way boring. back in like 2013 or 14 when under like entered into the agreement I'm like why that conference (laughs) i guess it was a
0: non-football decision i i feel like the acc is probably good in a lot of other sports i don't know i don't follow (laughs) other sports sorry i don't know
1: (laughs) notre dame's football and they should have picked the big 10 but i know there's that would make more historical beef there or whatever but yeah yeah well speaking of the big 10 uh big 10 football is back this week which is very exciting uh in my home in my now home region of the midwest where uh, we've had (laughs) About ten inches of snow in the last week already in, <laughs> in the third week of October. Nice. But now that the Big Ten is back, we're going to be, you know, telling the people who are listening to this podcast whether we're hopping on or hopping off certain teams' bandwagon. <laughs> so, Jared, we'll start with you. Ohio State, you on or off that bandwagon? Are they as invincible as everybody thinks they are?
0: They're not as invincible as everyone thinks. So, I'm I'm actually off the bandwagon. I think they would lose. Uh, they I don't think they play Wisconsin they don't play Wisconsin in the regular season but in the the big time championship game I, I could easily see Wisconsin winning that uh, we'll get into it later too I I, I kind of like Michigan as well but obviously fields looked great but uh first off OSU got so many calls their way Nebraska's secondary was decimated by one legit targeting call but another one was completely bogus so they had like two dbs out Nebraska's offense is super archaic too and like Those sorts of offenses aren't going to beat Ohio State. You need to be able to score fast. Um, One thing though is that I think Ohio State's defense is not going to be as stout as it was last year. Well, I mean, I think it definitely won't. They lost Chase Young first off. They also lost two corners in the first round. So the announcers were pointing this out. Like you used to only have like two and a half seconds to try to get the ball off on like these first round corners, and now you don't have Chase Young rushing you, and the corners aren't as good. Theoretically, aren't as good. Um, I I. Obviously, Ohio State is still favorite, but I won't be shocked if somebody beats them. So I'm not on their. I'm not on the undefeated Ohio State bandwagon. I'm not on that.
1: No, I'm not either. And for a lot of the reasons you mentioned as well, it's also just like this is no basis in anything. Just like a gut feeling. It just feels like <laughs> that. Like Ohio State, this isn't going to quite be their year. Just the defense is worse. Like I don't know. I guess Wisconsin's the only big challenger in the Big Ten. Honestly, maybe Michigan, like you mentioned too. Penn State looks awful as mm, we'll discuss later yeah. as well. But like. <laughs> um yeah, like I could still see them obviously winning it, but I don't think that it's gonna be one of those years where they just like I forget if it was last year or the year before, where they just like beat everyone by thirty points. Like I don't think right. they're gonna play like that. I think they could probably squeak their way to a Big Ten title this year with some close games in the regular season. Yeah. Like I even think the Penn State game as not great as Penn State looked versus IU this week could be close next week.
0: It could. Yeah, who know? We'll see. Yeah, it, it'll be it'll depend a lot on how Penn State rebounds from like an emotional loss you know we'll so yeah. we'll see uh-huh. um okay lucas we mentioned wisconsin do they have the firepower to beat the buckeyes and win the big 10 their new quarterback graham mertz looked pretty impressive in their 45 to 7 win
1: i'm on that bandwagon <laughs> as all on that bandwagon as you can be <laughs> yes it was just like one lowly win over illinois who's not great or whatever mm-hmm. but i think the game showcased something like super important for wisconsin they finally modernized the way they play offense. Wisconsin for years and years and years had been like the classic like ground and pound team. Yeah. They could put up points because they were so good at that. But it always never felt like they can make the next big jump because the way they played offense kind of like Nebraska was super archaic, super outdated. Mm-hmm. They couldn't really score quickly. They played great defense, but it wasn't, you know, quite enough to push them across the finish line. But if for no reason alone Friday's game, I think, showed that they've modernized and that they have the talent to modernize and play that well. Mm-hmm. Graham Mertz, too. You mentioned it. Fantastic. Twenty for twenty-one with five touchdowns yeah. is Gardner Minshew level efficiency. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is fantastic. Um, like he played great again. It's against Illinois. It'll be much harder in the Big Ten championship if they get there against Ohio State or in any of their other regular season games. But I was very impressed by Wisconsin, not only because they played that more modern style, but because they executed it to like absolute perfection.
0: Yeah, that that is true. That is very impressive that they executed it really well. And, and I think, I don't know. It's, it, I know it's grammar. his first year. I'm not sure if he was a freshman or not. I didn't look into that, but that's also really impressive in your mm-hmm. first game to do that. I mean, it's like an Alabama stat line, you know, you you always see the Alabama quarterback. show. they only threw like oh, yeah. 15 times and had like 300 yards or something crazy. Cause the yeah, receivers exactly. just like go and do the work, which is pretty impressive. Um, so, yeah, I think they absolutely have the firepower to beat Ohio State.
1: Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. How about Ohio State's biggest rival, Jared? Michigan. How are Jim Harbaugh and the boys looking this year? You I'm, on, off I'm on the
0: Michigan bandwagon. After I think they one got game? A, <laughs> I think they
1: have a squad that can beat Ohio State this year.
0: I was Wow. I was in, uh, actually especially impressed with their offense, like, finally getting the, a true dual threat. Okay, everybody in college football is a dual threat quarterback nowadays, okay? Like, mm-hmm. let's just let's just get that out of there. Like if your quarterback cannot run, you're not you're not a good college quarterback anymore. Joe Milton, I think is is a true is a true dual threat. Their rushing attack in general was really great, and I think they have the athletes on the they used to like not have the athletes on the outside to do anything, and I think they do this year. Um I think their their defense was stout enough for me. They they usually are like in the top 10. They they flashed a graphic in the game. Or they're usually in like the top 3, I think in scoring defense or yards. I couldn't remember which one it was. And Minnesota, like, they're 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 not as much as a shrug as I expected. They like they put up a good fight. I was impressed by that. So I think I Michigan has a really tough schedule, but I think they could. I don't think they'll go undefeated, but I think they could beat Ohio State. So so for that reason, I'm on their bandwagon.
1: I'm not fully convinced yet. I want to see how they go up against the rest of that schedule. As yeah. much as I live min- love Minnesota, and am from the city where they play, le- or live in the city that they play, and love the hype.
0: Mm-hmm. I think
1: last year was just like a perfect year where like everything sort of like came together perfectly for them. For Michigan, and, for Minnesota. Oh, oh, for Minnesota. Oh, for sorry. Minnesota. <laughs> and so the, coming into this year, they got like you know that top twenty-five ranking at the beginning of the year. Yeah tanner morgan it seems like he'd be doing great <laughs> which we'll discuss later yeah. um, but i just think i'm not convinced that one big but not blowout win over minnesota is enough to like anoint them as big 10 contenders yet
0: mm, yeah i just feel like it's always been their offense that holds them back and them like putting up 49 points in their first game is pretty impressive yeah that's I, right. I, I, I think it's impressive yeah. um Okay, Lucas, Penn State, as we've mentioned, lost to Indiana, a basketball school. Is Penn State regressing?
1: Uh uh yes, but I'm not gonna like sell the farm on regressing quite yet. At the very <laughs> least, okay. they've stagnated, I feel like. Um okay. so they made that big jump in James Franklin's third year in twenty sixteen, they won eleven and three, won the Big Ten. Everybody's saying like Penn State is back mm-hmm. to like how they used to be. But they haven't made any, like, noticeable improvement in the period since 2016. In the years since, they've been 11-2, and 9-4, and 4, and 11-2, and 2, which is just basically where they were in 2016. Yeah. Overall, like, they've been consistently good, but it feels like they're not making the leap to where they need to be. Like, if you make that big leap in year three to, like, you know, winning the Big Ten, competing, you should be competing for national championships in the next two or three years after that. But it feels mm-hmm. like a little bit of a Notre Dame situation in which they like get hype every year and then they slightly underperform expectations but still end up being like a top 10 top 15 team in the end but are never really that great but are always pretty good and i just think like there are just certain things that need to be fixed like they don't perform like an elite program would perform i think you saw that yesterday with like the game management yesterday like a team that is really well coached would have known not to score that touchdown no, like, yeah
0: I have, like, different feelings about that, actually. Okay. okay.
1: <laughs> go, go ahead, then. <laughs> I,
0: like, I saw, I didn't like, I'm not really a James Franklin fan. I don't like his demeanor. Uh, like, because this is, like, completely random, but a couple Rose Bowls again, he was like, I told my players, go out in the field, take 10, take ten seconds, so I'll take it in. Don't take nine. Don't take twelve seconds, ten. Seconds. And I was like, "This is so bogus. Yeah, Who care so Who's much. counting if it's twelve seconds? This is ridiculous." <laughs> and and he's just like, he just seems like he and he got in the running back's face for scoring, and it's like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't really get in his face. He'd be like, I would just be like, "Okay, this is a teaching moment. Like they're trying to let you score there. I, I don't." Mm-hmm. And like their defense, your defense should have stopped him. You know, you no, should have I mean, yeah, your defense to stop him to stop Indiana in the two minute drill. So yeah,
1: but I think it is. It's not good game management. I think part of that is on Franklin. Like not yeah. like i don't i'm not a huge fan of his either and i think that, like <laughs> if you had like used previous things as teaching moments and like drilled them into like that clock management stuff mm-hmm. then that wouldn't have happened and he wouldn't have had to be as much of a jerk about it to the guy that did it yeah
0: yeah um yeah that's true but i i'm not gonna say i don't think they're stagnating necessarily either like again i'm gonna use this dabble sweeney analogy again he didn't win till his eighth season he went nine in his first full season nine and five then the next season six and seven and everybody was like, oh, like they just don't give people enough time to build programs anymore. And everybody's like, oh, my gosh, we need to fire Dab." Dabo said in t- 2010, he was like, I thought I was going to get fired after that game. Then he, then he goes 10 wins, couple 11-win seasons, a 10-win season, and then goes to the college football championship next year. You know? And, I mean, they're, they're like, all you have to do is be on the precipice of greatness, like just right on the edge. And then all you need is like one electric player like Deshaun Watson for Clemson. I don't know who it's going to be for Penn State. And then like you're in the – you know, Joe Burrow for LSU, and then they just transform your team, you know. No, uh, I so know. I, I think they're, like, they're still right there. I'm not, like, a huge Penn State fan, necessarily. I don't like, like I said, I don't they're really right. like James Franklin that much. But uh, We can
1: we can give Wyatt some crap on the podcast on Wednesday uh, <laughs> yeah. about Penn State being able to beat Notre Dame, which...
0: Yeah, that's ridiculous. I hate that I hate that stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Hate that they, stuff. Couldn't, they couldn't even beat, like, the third best team in Indiana. The <laughs> first, the best team in Indiana? Yeah. Probably yeah. not. Come on. Yeah.
0: Sad. By the way, there's another thing I wanted to point out is that they had no camera crew at this game apparently. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> they, had, they had like the so there was a on Indiana's that when Indiana was driving to get their last touchdown in regulation, they had this cat this guy got a catch and he was right on the line. They ended up putting it on like the half yard line. And they had like one camera angle of it, and they didn't have a <laughs> down the line shot somehow, which would prove if he got in or not. Or at least they didn't show it to us. And then, yeah, I don't know. By the way, that final that final play call. Did you see that, Lucas? The final yes, play I call. Yes, I did. What do you think? What do you agree? Do you agree with the call that it stands, or do you think it should have been reversed or confirmed?
1: Um, I've seen a lot of still images that suggest that it maybe should have been overturned, but I think it's a classic like stands not confirmed, where yeah. like I don't think there was indisputable enough evidence to overturn it, even if it might have been the right call. How yeah. How do you feel?
0: I agree that the call should stand because, as uh, the the like rules analyst guy, I think Mike Pereira was saying, mm-hmm. even though the football like didn't hit the pylon, it doesn't mean it didn't cross the plane. So like, yeah, I you just can't tell. Exa- you know, you yeah, don't exactly. have you don't have conclusive evidence. So mm-hmm. good thing they called it a touchdown on the field I, or I'm that glad. it was good I'm on glad. the field. Yeah, that was that <laughs> yeah. was fun. That was an awesome ending to that game.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right, we're moving on to Nebraska. So Jared, yeah. despite all your skepticism of all things UCF. Yeah. Do you think Scott Frost, the former UCF coach, can turn around this Nebraska program?
0: If no, if he wants to run the super archaic read option offense and only throw it twenty times, they're doomed. They are not going to do anything. I think he could if he gets the time because they're a historic program. I mean, he was able to recruit well at UCF. He should be able to recruit well at Nebraska, right?
1: You would think. Yeah, yeah
0: but his re- and his recruiting classes. I don't know. It You can, like, interpret this either way. They're ranked, like, fourth in the Big Ten, usually. Which, fourth, oh, that sounds bad. But when you think about it, it's behind, like, Ohio State, Michigan, and then either Wisconsin or Penn State. You're, like, kind of fighting with, like, those Wisconsin and Penn States of the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. So they're still recruiting, like, with the cream of the crop-ish. The Big Ten is, like, their top, the top end of the Big Ten's pretty good. Um, yeah. I, I just... If he wants to run this offense where the you know like your quarterback can't throw the down downfield, and you only throw twenty times, and you can't you can't convert on third and long, then they're doomed? No, I
1: think, then it's never going to happen. And I don't know. Yeah, I feel like that's not the way he played at UCF either. So I don't it's know not. Like, yeah, well, like well, I don't get the like the switch. Like UCF was exciting to watch circa like twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen. Yeah. Like,
0: so I guess I he doesn't have the personnel. I don't know, but like. I always struggle with that. Like, I I usually want to give the coach, like, the four years to get all the recruits in and stuff, Mm -hmm. but if your recruit was already better than the guy that you used to have or whatever, then he would be playing. So, let's it's like, maybe you have to give him more time to get the right personnel in. I don't know. We'll see.
1: Maybe. I don't
0: know. Yeah, but I agree. Yeah. Uh, Follow-up. Scott Frost speculated that the Big Ten gave Nebraska a really tough Mm -hmm. schedule because frost was really critical of the big big tens decision to postpone the season do you buy that i could buy it <laughs> <Like a little laughs> i don't buy it drama. at all though
1: <laughs> like not really but i'm like you know it'd, it'd be at some added fun drama i feel like for the season it but, is fun you know yeah. i mean the um, schedule
0: i feel like if anything though front loading should help your schedule They were are gonna play ohio state wisconsin and penn state in their normal schedule anyway they were just gonna do it all at the end of the season so it's like all right who cares if it's at the start of the I think if anything during a COVID year, you know, like the guys are fresh, mm-hmm. you have no COVID issues. You know, I think front loading
1: might help, but I don't yeah, know. So sorry, Scott. Less experience, but I don't buy we'll it. We'll see. <laughs> I hope it's motivation for Nebraska. You know, for the, rest of the <laughs> yeah. year. Yeah, I hope. I don't know it if it'll work out for them at all, but it, it might know. not. <laughs> yeah,
0: Lucas, how are you feeling about your dark horse Heisman pick, <laughs> Minnesota quarterback Tanner Morgan? This is from the ben- archives. This is from like <laughs> not- thirty episodes ago. <laughs>
1: Not great, Jared. Not great at all. <laughs> I uh, I feel like this candidacy was built a lot on uh, Minnesota being an up and coming contender yeah. and like them like making the next step this year. And like if they can make that next step, and he was leading the team, then it's like a fun Heisman story. But not only did Minnesota get like smacked by Michigan, but Morgan was pretty average in that game as well, under yeah. two hundred yards passing, a touchdown, a to pick. So. I feel bad about it. <laughs> I'll leave that. That's tough.
0: Yeah, I mean, my dark horse pick, Chase Bryce at Duke, is like one in five right now. So it's not, not. It's either. not going well. It's not going well it's on that okay. front either. Did anybody
1: have a good one? Do you remember?
0: I think or, it was just me and you. I'm pretty sure it was uh, like a oh, cash yes, trash kind of thing. So, or uh-huh. just what a two person thing. Yes, yeah. I don't know. Um, all right, let's move out of the Midwest into the South. College football pundits are hopping on the bandwagon in droves that Alabama quarterback Mac Jones is the next Joe Burrow. Mac Jones has been impressive this season, I'll give him that, but is Lucas is this a fair comparison?
1: I don't think quite yet. He's no. been excellent so far this year. So like he had 435 yards and four touchdowns versus and he had 417 yards, two touchdowns versus Ole Miss, 417 yards, four touchdowns versus Georgia and 387 yards with with Tennessee, which is a awesome admittedly like very impressive and like joe burrow esque type numbers he's the second best qbr in college football this year he's second only to justin fields who's only played one game at this point so Mm -hmm. like we talked about earlier he's essentially number one if this keeps going i feel like i'll start hearing the comparisons but there have been a lot of guys who have played like four or five really good games in college football history he also, I think, benefits from having maybe the most talented roster in oh, yeah. all of college football. Yeah. Like, I think even if he continues to put up these numbers, like Joe Burrow and what he did is more impressive because, like, Alabama is essentially, like, you know, a minor league system for the NFL. Like, they just <laughs> yeah. have, like, guys and guys and guys who can, you know, like, it. Any, any guy who leaves, there's a replacement that's just as good and better. And I think that, like, he benefits from having, like, the best all-around team in college football like he's he's a good quarterback mm-hmm. I, but he, i don't think he's joe burrow like i not not even close really at this point
0: yeah i i mean it's it's actually not close like people think oh yeah. this is joe burrow-esque it's not close last no. so joe Mac jones has 12 touchdowns and two picks through five games mm-hmm. guess what joe burrow just guess what joe burrow had through five
1: games last season if you're gonna make me guess like yeah 24 touchdowns
0: that's close 22 22 yeah. touchdowns through five games like that's mm-hmm. ridiculous mac jones is yeah. not on that level you know no i'm not mm-hmm. saying mac jones is a good good quarterback but it's also like you said it's hard it's hard to tell when you're throwing nfl wide receivers it can mask like some of your flaws and stuff mm-hmm. especially when like these are just the most alabama th- stats ever like only throwing the ball 24 times and racking up 417 yards mm-hmm. is ridiculous. Like, that's not you at some point, Yeah, you know? Yeah, I, I was trying to find yards after catch, um, but I couldn't find any stats for the team. But I bet you it's ridiculous. I bet you it's super oh, sure. high. Because um, yeah. their offense is just designed to get receivers in space and then let let the athletes do the work, you know? that's mm-hmm. That's, like, what Alabama's kind of philosophy is. So, he's legit, but uh he's not like joe burrow level is ridiculous like he's not no, even
1: yeah close. not close and i don't think like mac jones like maybe this will give him motivation to do it but i don't <laughs> think he's like he's like a, an nfl type talent either that like yeah you know, we like... don't know
0: we don't know yet it's it's so hard uh-huh. to tell i just don't know yeah
1: it's hard when you have it's that much here yeah
0: when you, you just have that much talent it's just so hard to tell is how much is that you
1: you yeah, never know like any it's individual player picks. yeah uh-huh. it's
0: just a lottery pick so yeah,
1: yeah like you see that with their running backs too like some are great like derrick henry's great yeah and some like just do not like
0: trent richardson Richardson, did nothing, yeah, yeah. That was, <laughs> yeah. eddie Martin lacy is eddie lacy fine. still in the league oh, oh there's there. no way
1: eddie lacy's still in the league yeah like so but yeah yeah it's just kind of a point flip i feel like just because like well yeah maybe you are talented but maybe like just the team around you is like the average level of talent is so much higher than any other team that like yeah. it works out yeah All right. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in this week. Uh, Be sure to like, share, subscribe on YouTube, on SoundCloud, on Apple Podcasts, and on Spotify. Let us know what you thought of our takes today. Um, Be sure to share with your friends. Thanks a lot.